February 6, 2013, it's Watt from Pedro Show.
Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, started off with John Coltrane doing two bass hit. It's part of Miles Davis's uh, quintet. Uh, then we had Sawako doing Lapon and BZB with I Just Want to Be Myself Again. Which brings us to our guest for today, uh, Mr. Bob Lee. Good afternoon. And uh, you got something you can enlighten us about BZB. Yeah, BZB was the first uh, band that I ever recorded in the studio with. This is back in uh, spring of 1987. And uh, at Antioch College, I was in a band with a gentleman named Wes Morton. Uh, who went on to have an indie band called the Middle States, based Which out college? of Minneapolis, Antioch, in uh, southwest Ohio. Right. And uh, along with a guy named Alan Huckabee, and I'm trying for the life of me to remember what band he went on to be in, and uh, another guy named Chris Castles, who made some uh, recordings of his own and still plays musically. So it's, I've been vaguely in touch with two of those guys, although we can't find Alan. And... Uh... What year is this recording? Spring of 87. And it's your first recording? It's the first, first time in the studio? First time in the studio. Uh, we had just started our band in college, um, put together a set of uh, half original, half kind of um, uh, jangly pop cover tunes, stuff like 3 O'Clock and uh, R.E.M. Kind of, kind of songs. You know, Michael lives in Pedro. Yeah, yeah. I saw last saw him as the bass player for the Imperial Butt Wizards. Oh wow! I didn't know he did that, but he had the Salvation Army, which morphed into yeah three o'clock. Yeah, I like that Salvation Army record a lot. With John Blazing on guitar, mm-hmm. a guy named Troy on drums. Yeah, I think that was uh, stuff that Wes, the leader of the band, was really into at that time. What was it called? Mind Garden, and happened happened. Yeah, I think I had the first one with the kid and the little the little kid in the army hat on the cover. Oh, a helmet! I'm talking about seven inch on New Alliance. Oh no! Oh no! Steve no! Boone I found you them. Put them they out. were a Carson band, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, let's do this single. Mm-hmm. And uh, one side was happened happened or something. The okay. other side was Mind Garden. I think my memory's good. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I think they were called 3 o'clock by that time, right? With by the, the time we were into him, yeah. With the helmet. Remember, Frontier, maybe. John Silva, actually, was the connection. Mm. Manager or something. I remember getting a call from him later. Oh, okay. Paisley, right? Indeed. They had a thing here in SoCal called the Paisley Underground, and they were kind of part of that. Yeah, that had its uh, tendrils back east, too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's the first time in the studio, but it's not the first time on drums. When did you start? To, well, when, when were you first conscious of music? First conscious of music from as long as I can remember. I mean, I remember going from to infant- see... One of the first things I can remember is uh, going to see Jesus Christ Superstar with the original cast performing in Pittsburgh when I was about four years old. One on the record? Yeah. I don't think it was Ian Gillen. Yeah, because I thought that was... some kind of tour of the... As many of the... The guy on the record is Ian Gillian, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's I don't know the, if he toured, because he, I think, was in Perp. I'm pretty sure he did not. Right? I, he was in I think he did not tour, but it was... 
I used to have the program when I was a kid. Was as many of them as they could round up at the time. Now, they didn't play Lambertville. No, no, no. This was... Because uh, that's your hometown. This was visiting in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I grew up in different places in New Jersey. But, okay. uh We usually went to gigs in Philly, but uh, I ended up going to some in Pittsburgh because my dad lived out there. and the other We side had friends the that were out there, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know about Lambertville because once we caught there. That's right. In the pad. Um, that's right. So, Jesus Christ Superstar, you saw this... A musical and you wanted to play drums <laughs> uh, playing wanting to play drums was a little bit later I was uh, a huge Who fan and uh, around, the, around the time of turning 11 like 78 I got a copy of Tommy and a drum set the same Christmas wow so those two Did you th- ask for both yeah those two kind of went together okay Tommy recorded so little though Great per Keith Moon performance, though. Oh, you no, really performances hear are happening, but it was like kind of recorded tiny. Compared to the way they were live, yeah. Or, it's or real even restrained. live at Leeds. It's real restrained Or even sounding. Quadrophenia with orchestra, it's still sounding kind of tiny. Yeah, but those parts to like have that be one of the first thing to try and learn parts to was kind of interesting. Well, George Hurley, this is how he learns drums. Not Tommy, but uh, my generation. Mm-hmm. Or what? No, it was Happy Jack, quick one. Yeah, the second one. That's the one he said he got, and uh, you know, just put on headphones in the mm-hmm. shed and just bashed along with him until it started to come. Yeah, that's uh, a popular method, I guess. Because <laughs> that's much what you did. Apparently successful. Headphones and the record. Yeah, just yeah. Went for before playing with guys, right? Way before. Yeah, okay. And started playing with guys when I was maybe 14. Um, when I still lived in Lawrenceville, there was a couple Junior of guys high? that jammed. I just found one of those guys in uh, on uh, Facebook again. Yeah, like, uh, what, I was, this was 82. I would have been in 7th grade, 8th grade. And you start jamming with people. I started jamming with them about then, and uh, um, 83. Three started uh, moved to Lambertville, found some people to play with there. Uh, had a little band with them, one of whom was Who Bill was Fowler called? from uh, the. That band was called uh, Past Progression. <laughs> yeah, and that had uh, Bill Fowler from Sound of Urchin. Yeah, and Guy Heller from Moist Boys in it. Okay, and our friend Later Andrew Neckel, Moist Boy, yeah. and Sound of Urchin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was uh, when we were just. Work. I was still in high school. Those guys were just out of high school a year or two primordial versions yeah in fact we we are the one show we played was at my high school was for uh, cabaret talent night you did one gig yeah and they let guy and bill and andrew uh, come back even though they had graduated already oh okay let's play some music we'll come back right on
get down and dirty Feeling kind of wild, gonna drink some wild turkey We're gonna drink, 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 till we're sticking We're gonna drink till we're sticking, then we'll keep drinking Have a good time all the time we're gonna have a good time all the time we're gonna have a good time all the time we're gonna have a good time all the time we're gonna have a good time all the time we're gonna have a good time all the time we're gonna have a good time all the time we're gonna have a good time all of the time Such a c- 
Chinese song by Lazy S. 
then have a good time all the time, a fearless leader. And then something brand new from Petra Hayden. She's got an album of acapella movie theme songs. And that was Goldfinger main title. After that was Bumble by uh, Frisha. And Blur in My Day, Black Moth Super Rainbow after that. And finally, RTX Go-Go by Black Bananas. You heard of them? No, I haven't. Is the Royal Trucks Lady. Oh, okay. Jennifer. Uh, yeah, I think Jennifer she lives in O.C. Oh, really? Yeah, I know they're like Baltimore or D.C. or something, right? The Royal Trucks was. Originally, yeah, New, New York. Right? Oh, really? Pussy Galore. Neil Haggerty. They, they were in New York City? Yeah. Wow, for some reason I thought they were... Maybe from somewhere else like everybody is. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's right. People who are from New York City do not make bands, <laughs> right? It seems like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. People go there to make bands, but the people from there busy making a living. Okay, so uh, tell us... Uh, tell, no, we should go back to that BZB in recording. What was it like to be in the studio for the first time? Oh, yeah, going back to that. It was a trip. It was at a recording studio called... Uh, it was at a, a recording school called Full Sail in Chillicothe, Ohio. That uh, was one of those places that you could go for... Uh, you know, not as long as college. Get in, you know, you can get your kind of your tech tech degree or Associate. whatever it was to uh, to work in studios and learn how to pass tape and calibrate machines and all of that stuff. And we have the guy that was recording us we was the former monitor man for Pure Prairie League. So I felt oh, like yeah. we were uh, wow. This guy's been this guy's from the big time. Yeah, he's going to sprinkle his magic fairy dust. But on by us. going uh, recording at a school, maybe also Morricano. Yeah, yeah. In Southwest Ohio, there's not a lot of studios. I can imagine. In 1987, I was in South East Ohio, mm-hmm. but I drove through that area where where uh, not Ohio State, but the other University of Ohio is yeah. the real old school. And yeah, it's pretty rural in the southern part of Ohio. Pretty rural, pretty uh, very nice, pretty. There must have been some place in Cincinnati that you could record, but I never heard of such a thing. But that's closer to the river, yeah. Or Dayton. Some bands, I think, recorded in Dayton. There was a place there. It was just a matter of getting What's enough school money there, University of Miami. Uh, well, it's not, yeah, Miami County or whatever it is. Something like that. It's nothing yeah. new with Florida, but there's Miami. <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's Miami County. And yeah, okay. Uh, so, no, but what was it like, you know, to... To, to go in and, and start doing it, hear the drums processed through uh, yeah. and everything. It was, it was a very different experience. It was... Yeah, um, a you know, uh, the thing I realized right away about studio time is how much, uh, if you ever wanted to become more self-aware... That's one way to get real self-aware real fast because the studio amplifies everything you're yeah, doing. Everything, yeah. everything suddenly. Microscope where you, rock. Yep. <laughs> where you, you didn't know what was making that part go south. Suddenly you can isolate everyone until you hear what it is. And uh, Who's the major clam blow? <laughs> yeah. Who's, what, where, where is it all coming from? And. God, why are those hits on the toms so quiet when the thing starts and then they get all heavy toward yeah. the end? And So, yeah, every little uh, measure of 
of control and self-awareness that you've uh, ever thought you had. You, you're, you're suddenly ready to have a light shined on yourself. Did you brack a lot before you went in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did our best and uh, you you know, got studio. through it. No, no. We got through, you know, four songs in a night or something like that. Did it end up being released? None of it. Okay. Uh, Wes would do, did it as so a this senior is the first project. Public, uh... This might, to the best of my knowledge, this might be the first public airing of uh, Bo, the, the former Bokuzu Bataman with Alan in, Huckabee, uh, Wes Morden, and Chris Castle. And myself, yeah. I first heard it about a year ago and I forgot a hold of Wes and convinced him to transfer those tapes and send them over to me and uh, just finally got to hear him after, after all that time. I don't think I'd heard him since we did him. I never took home a copy of him. Now, what's the Lazy Us? So Lazy Us was a Moby Grape tribute uh, project that uh, was a one-off thing for a uh, an internet CD tribute project oh, so that was circulated road, among... Man. This is, yeah, this is 1999, I want to say, with uh, Paul Sanoyan and uh, Richard Derrick. Oh, Paul. Wow, I saw him. Yeah, so we took Where? a skip, skip Spencer. Barbecue in November, I last saw him. Yeah, I see him around periodically, but uh, we were Moby Grape fans, and yeah. uh, it was his idea, I think, to take the Skip Spence song, uh, the Chinese song, and uh, redo it as a surf instrumental. I know he's a big uh, love fan, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's he got? Some Something on Mars. Las Vegas, Las Vegas on, Mars. on Mars. Mars had a, a track on the same. Well, I've played on the show. His uh, He's got many uh, compilation anthologies. Yeah, they had a track uh, Fresno on Fresno or something? It was in SoCal, I think. Yeah, they were also on the same... It was called Mo Grape. M-O apostrophe grape. And had a cover like one of those old fruit box uh, things from that you, that you see. Those big Whoa. colorful uh, you know, signs, painted signs from the 40s. Okay, uh, a little more music. And then we're going to get uh, to your journey to SoCal. Yeah. I will arise and go now and go to Innisfree and a small cabin build there of clay and wattles made. Nine bean rows will I have there, a hive for the honey bee, and live alone in the bee lounge glade. And I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow. Dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. There midnight's all a glimmer and noon a purple glow. And evening full of brilliant wings. I will arise and go now for always night and day. I hear late water lapping with low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway or on the pavement's grey, I hear it in the deep heart's core.
Show finish up the first hour. Uh, that was PSXO with Whoops Johnny. Ahead of that was Habit as a Gated Community by Bob Pollard. There's a Dayton guy mm-hmm. who does about 10 albums a year. <laughs> he's, he's got another two or three coming out <laughs> imminently. Incredible man. Um, Upsetters with the Automatic Lotion. Ahead of that, that's got John Blazin from the Salvation Army. Oh. Rise on drums and uh, Hard on Love by Television with Richard Hell, something live 1975. That's the fast version. Uh, GFR ahead of that with Worship. In front of that was Gasping for Air by Ian McComb. And we start all off with The Lake Isle of Industry by William Butler Yeats. Uh, we're at the end of the first hour of the February 6, 2013, edition of the Peter Show special guest, uh, Bob Lee. Hold tight for hour two. February 6, 2013, it's second hour, Watt from Pedro Show. Bro! 
dropped this guy. He hit me in the, in the nuts six times in three rounds in nine minutes.
Lot for Pedro Show. Started the second hour with uh, Joe Bouchard and a tune called Road Trip, which is kind of fitting because Saturday I leave for tour. Europe with El Sonio de Maranayo to uh, support our debut album, uh, La Pusta Giallo. And wake up Joe Bouchard again. And <laughs> uh, Andrea Belfi on the drums, Stefano and Pili on the guitar. Yes, a uh, February-March tour in Europe. It should be nice and freezy. <laughs> but we're looking forward to it. Uh, Joe Bouchard, yeah, he's a big hero. Influence on me, as was John Elbusson and Jack Bruce. He's your butler. James Jamerson, Larry Graham. Uh, yeah, maybe Dennis Dunaway, too. Maybe some Gene Simmons. I think those glisses even more than Elbusson. Simmons doesn't get taken that seriously but well, he a lot wouldn't of dudes, take it serious when I met him and told him that. He says, No, I don't know how to play. He said Amos was the real bass player. Yeah, he was really humble, which is like not what people tell me he's supposedly like. I guess if the music's not that important, maybe he doesn't think it's all that great that he can play it. I don't know. Well, I learned that those glisses he did he did littler ones. Yeah. Emerson did them. Emerson did everything, of course, but he would do them, you know, like at the beginning of Deuce, I think there's one and it doesn't even go to anything. It just... Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just the opening of rock bottom. <laughs> there's one in that one, too, where it just... Oh, the bat leads to something. I think the one in Deuce doesn't even lead to anything. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> I think it was called Intellectuals are the shoeshine boys of the ruling elite yeah. or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. They... Fame Chairman Mal quote. <laughs> was that yeah. he said that? <laughs> All right. Um, then we heard an intense song from Madonna to sing. Um, that's Mike Watt and the Black Gang uh, live. That's from Nashville at the Exit Inn in Exit October Inn. 98. Bruce Fitzpatrick, October 98. Uh, the last tour the Black Gang did, which was the in fact, the last tour of the first opera. Mm-hmm. And uh, people don't might not know this, but that's where me and Bob Lee play uh, together with, is uh, starting with the Black Gang. And actually, it wasn't Nels Klein on guitar like this version you just heard, but it was Joe Biza, mm-hmm. because Nels couldn't do the tour because of Geraldine Fibber commitments. And uh, Steve Hodges could only do the first one. And... You filled in for two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Two of them with Joe Biza, two of them with, um, one of them with Nels Klein. Mm-hmm. But then we did some uh, gigs, non-opera gigs, and uh, we ended up doing an album that I was supposed to mix this winter if I wasn't recording the Stooges album that came up on me out of nowhere. Well, I knew it was kind of coming, but I thought my parts were done, but I figured out there was more songs and more stuff, and I didn't get a chance, so when this torn stuff ends I get to mix this thing and it gets to come out it's four years old I'm anxious to hear it it's a wild thing I think Nels Klein used 36 pedals I asked him to play his most psychedelic ever he uh, overdubbed 12 string guitar electric and electric sitar in every tune Mm -hmm. so yeah it was kind of pants shooter for you though I remember because I brought in the songs without ever practicing with these guys so we could do well, I had already done this a few times in Nels, but first time with Bob Lee. 
It was uh, the, the the ones that were tough were just the ones that were uh, elaborately arranged because I'm not that adept at reading charts and uh, kind of. Well, doing I think the, you handled it well. It was you had prior fear. Once we start doing it, I don't think you were scared. It was ahead of time. Once you got into it, you seemed to handle it very well. I felt like we could do it. I don't know if it was fear. Or, I don't think. I don't think I was afraid of doing it. I think well, I was looking forward to was, it. Uh, and, not not uh, fear. I should say uh, apprehension concern. or something. Yeah, concern. You never know. If but it's you did be great, ID. man. And people will be able to hear it later. Then we got a buddy analysis. At, um, Ava Mendoza. And her with Nick Tamburo did a fake funeral song. She's up in the barrier. She can play guitar. Friend of Devin Hoff, too. Um, no Mercy with something live called Furious. They found the No Mercy tapes that are 32 years old. And there's an album that I got at mail order. It's supposed to come in the mail. They made a whole album because in the old days there was only that stuff on the earcom, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Revolutionary Spy and Caucasian Guild. And I never got to see them. I don't know if they ever even played in SoCal. They were a San Francisco band. But I heard last April they did a gig at the Cafe du Nord up in the city there. Mm. And uh, it was an album release party for these 32-year-old tapes. Wow. They were just a drummer and a singer. Yeah, I'd only ever heard of... Heard and read about them that they seemed that like they made quite an com, impression. The third ear cop, the third ear com was a double seven inch. Mm-hmm. I think middle class was on one of them because it had U.S. bands. The first two ear coms I think were just England. And then we heard uh, the origin of Heat Tray by the Eternals, and Below the Belt by Alex Lambert and Travis Dickerson. After that, and finally. Piss jeans with bathroom laughter. I think they're from the east. Maybe Philly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the story. Uh, you go to college in Antioch in southern Ohio, southwest Ohio. Yeah, the first band I found when I got out there was uh, was the band that turned out to be the Gits. Right. The, the day I showed up with my drum set and was loading into the dorm that was going to be used as the rehearsal area um i met one of the guys from one of the campus bands who told me he knew some other guys that were going to try and start a punk band and the following day there was these guys running around the dorms hollering where's the guy in the dri shirt where's the guy in the dri shirt you had a dri yeah yeah because i was wearing one when i met this guy and it was apparently like the greatest news that there's a drummer with where that's into punk rock uh, at, at school this year Okay. And they just ran around the dorms, not knowing my name or anything, and and uh, found me. It, was, it wasn't a very big school. Yeah. And uh, you started playing with them. And we started playing, and we came up with a set of uh, mostly originals. We did a cover of "Loose" by the Stooges, and I think they uh, indulged me for the first few rehearsals and tried to play suicidal tendency songs, but uh, never. Performed no more in front songs? of anyone ever. No, just prac. We just uh, and then we started writing stuff, and yeah. Andy would come up with songs, and um, we'd make tapes and give them to Mia, and she'd come back with lyrics. But I think the first show we did was the first time I heard Mia was most the of her lyrics. People who tragically was murdered. Yeah, that was so awful. It was um, 
I mean, we were, this was 86 when I was in the band for about two months. No recordings, did two shows, one opening for False Prophets. Oh, you did play some, okay. One with, uh, I thought about sending down a tape of that, but I haven't talked to those guys about making that stuff public. I just, <laughs> it's our first moments, and it's uh, not the most together thing you ever heard. But it's interesting to me listening to it how, how together Mia was from the very first time we did it. She's... Uh, the band is kind of struggling and figuring out how to play together, but the, she's, got she's, she's, uh, you know, she's right, right there. We're doing our best to keep up, but. Okay. Let's hear some music. They got Iggy doing a pirate song. Oh, perfect. Let us sing a bit of good old Captain Kit, who sat one morning early in the head. A bee came flying past and it stung him on the ass, and this is what the gallant captain said. Asshole rules the navy, asshole rules the sea. If you want a bit of bum, better get it from your chum. You'll get no ass from me. Now we'll hear some rhymes of yeoman second grimes who ran the hook that hoisted up the mail. One day as he stood watch, it caught him in the crotch, and he cried as he went flying over the rail. It doesn't matter, for asshole rules the navy. Asshole rules the sea. If you want a bit of bum, better get it from your chum. You'll get no ass from me. And now to end my song, I'll sing of A.B. Long, whose member was not like his name at all. When asked if he would tell how he got along so well, his answer simply was, as I recall, it's very simple, for asshole rules the Navy, asshole rules the sea. If you want a bit of bum, better get it from your chum, you'll get no ass from me. If you want a bit of bum, better get it from your chum, you'll get no ass from me.
Slam it to the four blocks, you heard of me Rip fucker, I blow the world up, rip up the planet Take it for granted when I manage with that on team advantage Automatic rhyme, bend about the hand it Cause you cram to understand it when I land it open-handed I'm a transatlantic slave with that old Celtic magic Got the heaven from the demo to the master So brothers try to scrape but like the fire of disaster On the chainsaw massacre, rain raw acid dust Downshift pump, your brakes ease off the clutch I fuck it up when I conduct Motra pistol love Put this purple dick in your mouth until I bust a nut And let this jam tell you who the fuck I am Original Max Stone, you like Amsterdam It's like butter
That's really rad of you. You little motherfuckers! Yeah, 
Watt from Pedro Show. Um, star of, with uh, Iggy Pop with a hawk and a hacksaw. That's the name of the band. And uh, Asshole Rules the Navy. Then we heard Deep in the wor- Woods 66 featuring Jay Doolin doing Motherfucking Nightmare. Then Sty Eye by Dirty Beaches. Starry Eyes by Greg Turner, mm-hmm. which is a cover of Rocky Erickson, too. Uh, below, below, no, no, sorry. Looking in, in the Mirror, live, Backbiter, which is band Bob Lee plays in. Uh, after that, Sinister Exaggerator by the Amadons, another band Bob Lee plays in. And finally, Olafactory Blues, something live from Clawhammer, another band Bob Lee used to play in because yeah. they turned into the Amadons. You you only did two gigs because they threw you out of the gigs. Yeah, I'm going back to uh, to '87. I, I we did two gigs. They kicked me out. And got Steve in the band, um, who was the the better drummer by far at the time, and was uh, already playing in the big band on campus. So I think they probably hadn't occurred to them to ask him when they were first trying to do their thing. But um, I don't know. It was kind of a, an important lesson that. Uh, you could uh, you could possibly hey, Bob, have your thing Bob taken Lee. away from you. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you doing? Okay. Here's your dinner. <laughs> Thanks for coming over, Ma. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, February 6, 2013 edition of Watt Show. Hold tight for hour three. videos to upload you have to uh, lock the top lock <laughs> yeah. yeah Bob Lee's commenting on my ma just coming when your ma lives next door <laughs> sometimes she's even if you're 55 years old she just comes right in oh yeah February 6 2013 it's the third hour the Watt for Pete Rose show and the Lord said unto Cain cursed ye be for ye hath made the ground drink of the blood of thy brother spilt by thine own hand. A fugitive and a vagabond ye shall be. Lo, all thy days. And Cain didst reply, Lord, this burden is too much for me to bear. Once forth did the Lord unzip his holy pants and did pee into a bottle. And when this bottle was filled with a holy golden liquid, he gave it back unto Cain and said, Cain, this is bourbon whiskey. Drink of it when you can no longer bear your burden. I am an organic robot driven by a tiny driver inside me. The tiny driver keeps me awake at night on long crying jags and complains about the undeserved amount of disrespect he receives. I pour booze on him in a feeble attempt to shut him up. If you are a bad child in Japan, on Christmas Day, all you get is a 24-inch replica of me during an alcoholic blackout. The toy of me does not run on batteries or solar power, but on lunar power. At night, it turns itself on and won't stop talking. The toy of me knows a lot, but remembers nothing. 
The toy of me is the second least popular robot toy in Japan. The least popular robot toy in Japan has a name that translates to the low self-esteemed robot turkey who needs lots of hugs and whose feathers are made from jagged metal bits. In the anime cartoon that was made to promote slumping sales of both toys, both the turkey and I die at the end when we catch God pissing whiskey from the sky and we can't stop from looking up and we both drown. Hold me!
Watt from Pedro Show. Started off uh, third hour with uh, Drowning on God's Urine by Bucky Sinister. <laughs> and Yoko Ono with Hold Me right after that. That was by your request. Right? Yeah, yeah. I just saw that came out. Yeah. And then Mystical Weapons with Dirty Neon. You know who that is? Uh, no. It's a band with uh, Sean Lennon, Yoko Ono's son, and Greg Sarney from... Uh, oh, the Deerhoof. Right. Wow. Love that. And then uh, I'm Being Good after that with Horse Goes Ape. And finally now with Dreamo. Uh, okay, so what do you do after you get scissored? So, um, I don't know, just uh, hunker down, try and uh, do the right thing a little more often, and uh, be a serious contributor. And uh, so immediately after that was uh, when I started playing with BZB, as every quarter at Antioch was slightly different bunch of people, because you're expected to have your uh, half of your year be spent uh, doing co-op work off campus. Okay. So every quarter when you came back like half the people you know would you knew from from your first quarter there would be gone doing stuff off campus and uh then there would be a bunch of other people that you hadn't met so it was almost like having uh having a whole a whole whole bunch of new kids no matter what quarter it was no matter what part of the year so um i did three straight quarters on campus and then uh and played in bzb during the second of, of those during the third quarter played in a hippie grateful dead jam band called railroad earth which i have actually looked into to see if there was any collaborate corroboration with the the famous jam band railroad earth and i don't think there is okay but if anyone can uh, point out a, an antioch connection for the famous railroad earth then i, I uh, would be a please. horrible resource because i know shit about that scene yeah yeah um <laughs> So after that, I went to Boston for a couple months, didn't play. I moved back to New Jersey. Um, I started saving up money to move to L.A. Played briefly why in a... Why Jersey? No. What? What was the question? Saving up money to go to... Saving up... Jer- oh, saving up money to move to Los Angeles. And uh, Why there? friend of mine uh, named Ben Chatre. Actually, I should have brought some of his stuff over to play today. Um, ben uh, had been a friend of mine in New Jersey. I'd run into him in, when I was in Boston. He was just getting ready to go to L.A. and said, you should come with me. Um, took me about eight or ten months to save up the money. And by the time I did, Ben was getting ready to leave L.A. to move to London. But uh, I decided to he come anyway. save up more money. <laughs> I didn't want to. I, I decided I'd just go there anyway. And okay. uh, I'd, I'd at least have someone I knew in town for a couple of months and see if it was going to work or not, bought a round-trip ticket, moved out here, started playing in Crawl Space about well, a week after I got well, here. Recycler, right? Yeah, I was a recycler. People, and, uh, Fearless Leader, Ben, you would later go, and he would switch to guitar. Yeah, Fearless Leader was Sarge's band from the beginning. It was Sarge and, and Alan Clark, who was the drummer in the Lazy Cowgirls, was the other guitarist in Fearless Leader. And that's, they're not Ohio, they're Indiana. Yeah. Okay. 
So you're st- you're playing with Crawl Space with this put yeah. together kit. I played with uh, another band called Rommel's Goggles for about uh, five or six months. Another and, uh, recycler connection? No, I met those guys. They were down the hall from the person I was staying with when I got here. They were Otis Parsons art students, and uh, I was staying with this on this girl's floor in the Park Plaza Hotel where they used to do Scream Club right across the street from MacArthur Park. Okay, yeah. The art school was right there, and sure. it was a friend of Ben's uh, who was letting me uh, crash on her floor for the first couple weeks when I got got out here. And they were down the hall, and they needed a drummer. So I was in two bands within, like, four days of getting out here. And it was and not that hard to find. Fall of 88, yeah. Um, so just from there, just tried to improve my station. Got uh, my drums shipped out from New Jersey by... Uh, UPS and uh, continued being the bus riding drummer for about a year. It's uh, it's amazing. The crawl space and the goggles guys drove me around. And for gigs, it, it was drive the drums around. Yeah, and it was right after I had gotten my car from my uh, my mom bought a new car and I flew out to New Jersey and drove her old one across the country to, so I would have one to use. And it was the day I got back that I had got the message from Clawhammer that they were looking for a drummer that they they were kicking their guy out. Wow. How'd you meet them? I had known them for about a year, the Crawl Space. uh, And they were were buddies. We played shows together. We're on uh, a lot of the bands that were on the Gimme the Keys compilation in 88. um, Kind of gathered around each other and played shows together. And I would just see them around. The, the The Creamers, Fearless Leader, the Lazy Cowgirls, the Thirsty Brats, um... Mike, Mark Mylar's bands um, it was just this kind of community of people, most of whom had moved to LA from somewhere else, from the Midwest or something. Or oh, Sarge wow. was from Detroit, and yeah. uh, the Creamers were all from from other places. So it was kind of this interesting Im- immigrant underground expats. of uh, of expats that uh, <laughs> that gathered around each other. Crawl Space were or uh, Clawhammer rather were a couple West of East Coast expats. It was two uh, two local guys at least two. Uh, Orange County, uh, Long Beach area guys. Okay. Uh, And let's hear some music and we'll get to it later. Okay. I think it's time for my cup of tea.
last bunch of music for this edition. Gallucci with Tim Waits for Norman. It's all written as one word, so it's hard uh-huh. to read. Tim Waits for Norman, sorry. And then Do It Science, they're from uh, Sydney, Australia, which I'm going at the end of March for uh, Stooges Geeks. Uh, City Planning by Do It Science after that, they're from uh, Kumamoto in Japan, Kumamoto City. Then uh, A Sick Man's Dream with Teenage Jesus, not Teenage Jesus the Jerks, but it's all called that. Uh, Vampire Robot Squid from Outer Space after that from Basho. All About Everything by the Father Figures. After that was Hooked to the Gills by Some Days. I think Some Days is a Pedro band. Clawhammer. They need a drummer. So I started playing with them uh, in the spring of 1990 and um, continued uh, Well, they recorded and stuff. Did did you record with Crawl Space? Crawl Space had done a couple of seven inches and... That comp? Um, it had been on a uh, had been on a compilation, but uh, you know the recordings with me. We did a couple of sessions at a house at Penguin Studios in, in Eagle Rock that uh, came out as two sympathy singles, and then it was I think as we were getting ready to record our album for Sympathy that I joined Clawhammer. So for a and while they did I was some doing, albums recorded. Yeah. They had uh, their first album was about to come out at the point where I joined the band. Okay. So uh, when I got in, we you know did a couple of singles right away. We toured. We did the Devo covers album, and then we did the second Clawhammer album. I think all within about the first year after I came in, between like May of ninety and spring of ninety one. Uh, Crawl Space was improvised, right? Not when I first started. It was um, uh, Sonic Youth, MC Five ish, uh, high energy, uh, kind of noisy, ugly, but songs yeah um with verses and choruses and guitar solos and uh it got more and more improv-y as after i got in it and by about a year or so after i was in it it was mostly improv uh by late 89 and that was when sarge left and joe dean came in i think the beginning of 1990 and I stayed with them for about another year, year and a half after that. Left in early '91, and started playing with Backbiter in the fall of '91. After I met Jonathan Hall at the uh, Splattering of the Tribes out in the desert, playing oh, with yeah. uh, Texorcist, and my friend pointed out like, "Ah, that guy's like a young Rocky Erickson." I was like, and I really liked his songs and liked his stuff, and had known him before and thought he was a cool guy. And he asked me to start. You know, just not even will you join a band with me, but will you play a couple of shows? I just want to get this, get these songs out there and do a couple of shows, and then it's became easy to keep going. We did, uh, and this first. is concurrent Clawhammer in, yeah, yeah. This what, was starting when in the fall Fearless, of Fearless Leader. So, well, Fearless Leader had been going since before I got out here with different people, no, and but with I you. was. I was living with them and sort of part of what they were doing. I was in their their movie that they made with the porn auteur uh, in the fall of 89. And 
I started actually playing in the band in, oh gosh, must have been 94, 95, something like that. They went through a succession of drummers and uh, eventually were just left with me because I was still living with Alan. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think it was 94 maybe I did my first show. How long Alan. was Clyhammer? From, uh, they started in late 86. No, and we, you? I started doing it in uh, spring of 1990 and finished 10 years later in spring of 2000. Wow. Wow. And then Amadon soon after that. And Amadon's was going concurrently with Clawhammer for oh, about six end, months. Yeah, the end phase. From January 2000 to, I guess, April of 2000, you could have conceivably called us up and booked either band. But Steve Reed on bass yeah. and Amadon's. It was two real different things. Um, it was I thought it was kind of time for Clawhammer to come to an end, to wrap up. Um, that particular group of people had worked really well for a long time. It wasn't working so much anymore. And the new ideas and the new songs that John had, it seemed like it was it was appropriate to put it into another bucket to call it something else and have it be something else that with its own repertoire and, and history and not, not make it a continuation of this other thing just because there was some m minor amount of name recognition. And two of the same members. Yeah. But it was a big thing that John and Chris collaborating in Clawhammer. That was the thing that gave it its... Right, right, right. Probably that gave it its unique flavor even on those records that, that Rob and I aren't on in the early days. Um, and that, you know, that that was that was what made it Clawhammer. And once that wasn't uh, fruitful anymore, it was appropriate, to, I think, to move on to something different. What have you done since then? A lot of things. I've played in. Uh, I mean, you still do Backbiter. You still do. <laughs> I still do Backbiter. I still do Amadons. I still do Crawl Space. We just did some recording this last weekend. Wow. Uh, play in third grade teacher every once in a while. Oh, really? Um, when they're they they their regular drummer is Sabrina's husband Steve yeah and uh, every once in a while when he's not able to do it or um, had had some knee problems earlier this year I played a few shows with them and of course Fearless Leader you're on the new album Fearless Leader's just made a new album uh, that's uh, where Mike has been kind enough to play uh, yeah. some things in the last couple of weeks but uh, we're hoping to get that out before too long and uh, um, that's our our first recordings in 15 years and we actually did that album kind of the way we did the one with you because we didn't have any band practice prior to the thing just or even or even demos we just they would they we came in uh alan would sit there and play me his song i would sit there and record the drums to it until we had it basically right then sarge would came in and taught me all his songs the same way and then after i was done then they brought the bass player in <laughs> And taught him all the songs and had him play along to my beats. And then those two guys took it to Sarge's house and just finished it, played on each other's songs. By then they'd, <laughs> they'd heard it enough with uh, with us two learning it and playing on it. Right, that, uh, they knew it. That there's not one note where the entire band is playing together. Uh, <laughs> there's not one song that I had much of an idea what we were going to do before well, I walked in. That's a little different in our album because we played together on everything. <laughs> we at least played everything except for overdubs. Although I still haven't heard lyrics to any of it. Yeah, or the overdubs. Yeah. I don't think you only heard the guitar he was playing when we were playing. I didn't even hear 
the finished takes of a lot of that stuff. I haven't heard it since we pl- played it, since I heard it coming over the headphones while yeah, I was doing right, it. Yeah, right, right. Well, after that, Nell spent a few days just doing the overdubs. Mm-hmm. There are massive amounts of overdubs on that record from him. Yeah. But I wanted it, like I said, I asked him to make a psychedelic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about other stuff? Okay, I'm gonna. I'm afraid I'm gonna forget somebody now. I played in Hot Damn with Alan and his That's wife right. Zebra. Of course, uh, made two records with them. Um, I recently played in a band called Slander and New Slang with uh, Matt Persh from Kryptonite Nixon and Jonathan. Um, I've uh, been starting to try to play with Devin Hoff uh, in a thing that we haven't come up with a name or a uh, a third member. Or, or anything, but uh, hopefully that'll, that'll be fruitful. I something from him a couple weeks ago called Bastet, or maybe mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. It's, but I it, think that was just him on the bass. It's only been a, a few weeks in the last like year since we started talking about doing it that we've both been uh, free at the same time and able to get in and try and, and work on stuff. It's drum and bass. At this point, it's drum and bass. Is I mean, it's intended... No. It's uh, electric. Uh, wow. He's real into no means no, victim's family type yeah, stuff. Yeah. So a lot of... Uh, trippy time signatures and uh you know riffs that turn around backwards and uh as a king crimson guy this is kind of a chance for me to flex that part of my my progeth. my math brain and, emergeth uh, uh try and try and what was that first around these awkward called? things oh past progression the past progression <laughs> past prog yeah he actually writes songs in uh, seventeen eight and shit. We, oh yeah, we only like we we only like tried to make it sound like we did. Uh, musician Devin Hoff. Yeah, oh, I yeah. know he's got a thing for metal and stuff too. I I know it, but the guy you know is from jazz and blues world too. Mm-hmm. I think his father was a blues guitarist. Yeah, this thing's going to be heavy if we get it off the ground. It's uh, I'm hoping we, that we do. Yeah, he's an incredible guy. He's been doing recording with K too. Yeah. He's really, you know, I thought it was trippy he would leave the Nels Klein singers. And then yeah. he didn't like, he, he told me he thought it was going too fuge. I guess there's a diff between well, Prague and fuge. I guess so. Definitely with uh, No Means No and stuff. I would say that was closer to a Prague thing than a, a fuge thing. Yeah, because it's because it's, really it's real controlled. Yeah, it's real tight and controlled and uh, and and tricky and very carefully composed and deliberate. And yeah, it's not. Uh, and the brothers, it's not uh, blow. The drum and bass are both brothers. I mean, they play so well together. Yeah, it's intense. The Rodders was another band I was in for a while, and oh, we were okay. thinking about maybe well, getting together. Well, version of the Rodders, because we, when I saw the Rodders, you were very young, because it might have been 1980. I think after about 1980, it was always a version of the Rodders, after Mike okay. after Mike moved to... Uh, and where were they from? It was they always were, Fester Swollen and no original members. I don't think there was they any original here, members. They weren't from here, right? Were they Santa Barbara? Ven- Ventura. Ventura. Uh, Santa Barbara, when part, I saw of, them, part of Nardcore. Yeah, when I saw them, but they're even before Nardcore in a way because they played the yeah, second mask. 77, 78. Yeah, 78. I, I saw them play the second mask, and the singer came out with his leg bent up behind him, you know, with crutches, mm-hmm. and the song was called Amputee. Yeah. Did you guys do that song? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm an amputee. <laughs> and then there was the, 
infamous song they were known for was Sit on My Face, Stevie Nicks. Yeah, with Mick, Mick Fleetwood apparently personally called Mike Rogers on the phone to uh, threat, threaten to kick his ass. If, uh, He's a tall if man, right? Or is that the tall one? The drummer's Mick, the tall man. Yeah, that's Mick Fleetwood. Okay, because the bass one's a little, maybe not a biggest threat. Yeah, but anyway, he's he's become one of my most hated uh, rock and roll figures for not anything I had anything to do with. I was eleven years old in nineteen seventy nine. I mean, but uh, we did shows with the Hanson Brothers to come back to the No Means No thing that we were talking about, and yeah, watching those guys, uh, and we did shows with No Means No, and yeah, watching those guys uh, work together was. There's quite a, quite an experience. They're uh, they're they're have their thing together as as well as anybody in rock. I love them. Too bad they're not coming. Their tour got called off. They were supposed to be here in two weeks. Oh fuck! Apparently they uh, uh, couldn't get enough of the paperwork completed yeah, by the clubs. By the promoters that were in order to present to the border, here's our complete package with all our contracts and all our signed agreements. Because they have to figure out what the withholding is going to be on everything. So you have to have signed contracts for everything down to the meal vouchers. And uh, they didn't have it it together for, I think they said, two-thirds of the shows. They, like, didn't have their stuff a month and a half before they were supposed to leave, and there was no time to get a visa. It wasn't because of administration changes I was afraid it was like Reagan era they're going to make it impossible to get a visa and like DOA's tour would be called off too although they were apparently played the other night and I didn't make it to see them but did like their their last again. did their last tour oh yeah right yeah well <laughs> so look what advice would you have for somebody in music since this is an incredible story that you've done so far <laughs> uh hopefully you're into music enough that uh that you're willing to make it a lifestyle and not a uh, career path. It hasn't been very very good career path, but it's it's been an excellent lifestyle. You know, when I first was doing this stuff and in New Jersey and dreaming about moving to L.A., I don't think I dreamed about becoming rich and famous. I dreamed about making records and going on tour and being able to doing music, have a happy life and and put something back into the reservoir and uh, you know, yeah. could contribute to the community in some way. And I've been really successful at doing that. I've been able to do at least do it, as they say, you know, as Johannan had a compilation called, they don't get paid, they don't get laid, but boy, do they work hard. <laughs> Jim Johannan. Hope, hopefully, uh, you know, hard work is its own reward. Well... Uh, we're at the end of the show, but you're going to come back with John Wall. Yeah, we'll have it. the Amadons in in studio. We'll have and, Amadons, uh, and we're not not at the Love Grotto. Brother Matt has a child with his pop for his B day, his pop's B day. So we're here at my pad. Uh, but very very honored to have you aboard, Bob Lee. We're going to see you in a couple months with John Wall, and have you back on the show. So think of music. Mm-hmm. Before then, that you can bring that we didn't get to hear this time. All right, yeah, there's a lot. But thanks for coming aboard. Thank you. Uh, it's been the Jan- February, not January anymore. February 6, 2013 edition of Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, I'm going to try to do some shows while I'm over in Europe. I'm tour with El Sonia de Mayo Nile. Uh, but till then, keep your powder dry. <laughs>